This is Foolish Adventure, episode 29 and a half, because we're squeezing this in between two other episodes that we've already recorded. And this is our interview with Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Check it out. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I'm Izzy Hyman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Tim Conley. Hello, Tim. Hey, what's up, Izzy? Hey, Tim. And we also have another guest with us today, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income Podcast and the Smart Passive Income blog. Hey, Pat. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's been great. Good. Really good. We're very excited about this interview. Yours, uh, I, th- I think I mentioned this in the email that I sent to you, but your, your podcast is one of a handful that I make sure and listen to every single new episode of it. There are other podcasts, like I'm probably subscribed to maybe 40 or 50 different podcasts, but most of them just come and go and they kind of pile up and mm-hmm. probably just take up hard drive space and I don't even listen to a lot of them. But yours is, <laughs> yours is just wildly valuable. And so... Uh, it just made sense for us to get you on the show. And I'm honored. Thank you so much. I re- those are really kind words. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So Tim, go ahead. Take All over. right. So uh, for our audience that may not know of the famous Pat Flynn, uh, <laughs> could you give us a, a, a little rundown of, of how you got started? Uh, like uh, your, your very beginnings on online up to uh, kind of how you got to where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I love telling this story. It never gets old for me. And um, it basically started, I had a, I graduated from college. I went to Cal, go Bears. And uh, I studied architecture and I landed a sweet job right after college. I loved it. I was so planning to dedicate 45 years of my life to this industry. Couldn't wait. And, you know, it was paid well. I met high-end clients, uh, building buildings for them all around uh, the United States. And then all of a sudden, as we all know, the economy kind of went under and I, I went along with it. And luckily, right before I had gotten laid off, I had I was studying for an exam to kind of add to my resume or add to my uh, my credentials. And that exam was the lead exam. And in, in order to help me study for that exam, I, I started a blog. Um, right now, you can find it at greenexamacademy.com. And this blog was basically built just for me so I can keep track of my notes. I was familiar with blogging back in college when I was writing on the Zanga platform to keep my friends and family uh, informed on all the shenanigans I was doing in college. But uh, I created this blog to keep track of my notes because I knew it was a great way to manage your content. And, you know, I traveled a lot, like I said, so it was really easy for me to just open the laptop and study from there. Uh, So I had passed that exam. You know, I put all my notes on there, passed the exam. All was good. Got laid off. Was kind of going through some scary times there. Luckily, I had been listening to a few podcasts at that time, internet business podcasts, and also reading a bunch of blogs about blogging and making money online, which were very interesting to me. I listened to them all the time on car rides and on train rides and stuff, but I never really you know, felt the desire to go and do it myself. It just was something that was really interesting to me. But when I got laid off, I figured, okay, well, I know how to create a blog. I can, I can do that. Uh, I've heard a lot of success stories. Maybe I can be one too. So what I did from there was figured, okay, I have this blog. I'm going to just see if there's anyone, you know, reading it. I set it up for myself. Um, I didn't know anything about keyword research or, you know, uh, search engine optimization or any of that stuff. But when I put a statistical plugin on my website, I had a WordPress blog. The next day I learned that there were literally thousands of people around the world coming to my site to help them pass this exam too. <laughs> and it was ridiculous, like, like three, 4,000 different people every day and it really scared me because I really wasn't prepared for that you know I had shared my site with a couple coworkers and stuff but 
I was not prepared for this. And I, it scared me at first. Uh, my initial thought was to shut it down because I didn't know if I was doing everything <laughs> legal or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I took it upon myself to really help all these people out. People started commenting when I uh, started to enable comments and put my email up there. People asked me a lot of questions that I knew the answer to. So what I did was I... I said to myself, okay, I'm going to really help these people out. Even though I passed the exam, I'm going to turn this website that was for me and turn it around and help other people with it. So I added more content, created nice looking graphs and charts and stuff to help people study. And, uh, you know, I just, I guess I became this authority and, the, and, and, you know, people found me through Google. That's exactly how they found me because I was writing, uh, now looking back and knowing everything I do now about online business, I was writing, you know, in a very natural way that Google loved, uh, writing, uh, People are finding me from a whole bunch of different keywords related to this uh, this industry. Um, so from there, you know, I, I had learned that I could make money on my website with AdSense. So that's naturally the first thing I put on there. And I had earned like 20 bucks that first month. And it was amazing. It was like the best feeling in the world to make $20. Uh, just, you know, all I did was put code in. It took like 10, 20 minutes uh, to put code. Well, it really took like two hours because I, I didn't really know what I was doing. But um now I could just pop code in, in in like a minute or two. But after I did that, you know, that's all it took. And I saw money coming in. That was just amazing to me. But obviously that was not enough to live off of. So then I took it a step further and I advertised on the site. I sold banner space, you know, little 125 by 125 pixel advertisements on the site to companies um, that wanted that traffic too. And I contacted them for that. That was a big step out of my comfort zone. But it worked. I was making four or $500 a month. But again... Definitely not enough to support of uh, myself and a family, which you know I was getting married a few months later, so I really had to make this work. And what really, uh, what really got me off the tipping point and to the tipping point, and and what helped me out was I joined a mastermind group. And in that mastermind group, a friend told me, uh, you know, you have to write an ebook. You have the perfect audience for an ebook. You have the authority, the trust of your followers. Write an ebook. And so that's what I did. I spent two and a half months writing an ebook published it the first month after I launched it, I made almost $8,000 in that one month. Uh, did you repurpose content from your, uh, from your blog? Uh, to Absolutely. Make this? Okay. Yeah. That's, that scared me too, because I was like, okay, people can get this. Inf- I mean, no, I, I put everything I knew on the blog. What else could I write about that? Could, I could put an ebook. I was really scared to, to sell people something that people could get access to for free on my blog. Uh, I was really scared about that. But you know, now tens of thousands of uh, ebooks sold later, I've never had one person complain, even though it was 90% the same material. And looking back, it was because I packaged it nicely. Um, I had that authority and people felt like they had to pay me back. And, uh, you know, it flowed a little bit better. And I did add a little bit more content. Like I said, it was only 90%. Yeah. Having, having a, uh, you know, repurposing, being able to put it into a format that it makes it easier for someone to study. Cause yes, they could go onto your blog and jump around and, and, you know, follow this link to that mm-hmm. other post, but being mm-hmm. able to just go right through a book and stay, stay on point is, is actually very valuable. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I learned that definitely. And, and, uh, Darren Rose from ProBlogger.net did the exact same thing. He wrote a thirty-one series, a thirty-one blog, po- thirty-one different blog posts in thirty-one days, uh, and he turned that series into a book, which is now called Thirty-One Days to Build a Better Blog, and he sold it. And it's I bought wildly. It. Su- oh yeah, I bought it too, <laughs> and it's uh, it's wildly successful. And even though I can get that information uh, for free on the blog, just the way it's packaged, the way it flows nicely, and it's easy to consume, that's worth it to me. 
Um, just um, like that. I just want to note that I didn't buy it, but that's only because I didn't know about it. <laughs> if I would have known about it, I would have bought it. Uh, Izzy's, so. Izzy's not in the club. I'm not in the club. But oh. back, but let's go back to your story because it doesn't okay. end with that great sales month that you had right at the beginning. I know there's no, more it coming. So. That's where it all began, actually. Yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> the next month, uh, you know, it was up to twelve or 13000 and then I introduced an audio guide. Uh, that was an interesting experience. I, I never had outsourced anything in my life. Um, obviously, I was very new to this, and I didn't even know about it. So I spent a good two weeks recording the book myself, just with you know uh, a really cheap uh, headset and uh, Audacity, or I think it's called, um, uh, or GarageBand or whatever. And it really was terrible. I said um all the time, even though I was reading. I somehow got ums in there. I don't know how that happens. And uh, it was just really bad quality. And I said, okay, well, I made eight thousand dollars this first month, twelve thousand next month. I have twenty thousand dollars sitting here. I wonder how much it would cost to. Uh, hire like a voice talent. So I went on elance.com, found someone. She did an awesome job. That cost me about $1,500. And that was a lot. Like, why pay someone $1,500 to do something that I could do myself? Well, I couldn't really do it uh, at high quality like she could. And she nailed it, sold it. The next month, I had earned $20,000. It paid for itself in the very first month. I peaked in March of 2009. Uh, at thirty thousand over thirty thousand dollars in that one month, just from this little niche with a little ebook and a little audio guide, it was just an amazing feeling, and and I still feel very fortunate to be where I am, uh, or to to have gone down this path. And an interesting thing about that record month in March of two thousand nine, that was the month after I had gotten married, and we were we spent half the month in Hawaii. That's a great uh, wedding present. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the the cool thing was like you know I spent half the month in Hawaii. I come back and I, I check my records and numbers and it's the, it's a record month and you know it's all because of the way the business is set up. It's set up passively. It's set up to generate passive income, which means you don't have to be there in order for a transaction to take place. People can come to the site, purchase a product, the ebook, or audio guide, or you know both of them together for a discount price. And it gets automatically delivered to them. And I don't have to do anything in order for that to happen. All I have to do is, you know, wake up in the morning and see more money in the account, which sounds unbelievable. But, you know, with the tools and resources that we now have today, it's totally possible. And that's what I talk about on the blog. So when things started to take off on that side of things on greenexamacademy.com, that's when I was really excited to share with people what I learned and share with people that it is possible to make money online in this way, kind of in an ethical way of doing things that don't even involve making money online because we all see people making money online by talking about making money online, which uh, I know I am doing now, but that's not how I got started. Uh, and, and, and I share as much as I can on the blog to show people how you know I run my businesses. Now I have several different uh, my my foot is in several different pools of of passive income. Um, I the lead exam website. I'm doing niche sites right now. I have software coming out soon. I'm in iPhone apps. I have uh, articles on um, on revenue sharing sites. I do affiliate marketing, all this crazy stuff. And and that's kind of how uh, I got to where I'm at today. And and thanks to the wonderful community I have and the support I have on smartpassiveincome.com and just people spreading the word about me. I've, uh, that site has grown to unbelievable uh, numbers. As yeah, well. I, see, I saw your November uh, report and what, 70,000 visitors yeah, for November? That's amazing. Gosh, unbelievable. I, I pinch myself because it's still unbelievable, but um, I'm very happy to, very happy, feel very fortunate to be here. Yeah, we wanted you on because 
That's that's the approach we take. Uh, Izzy has a membership site that he's been able to support his family off of and replace a six-figure income from uh, nice. from the whole corporate world. And and for me, I've been in the internet marketing consulting world since oh gosh, uh, like 1998. So we've been doing this work behind the scenes. No one really knew really knew us in in how we made a living with the internet. And so that's why we did this show. And then people like you who have come uh, come from, you know, this this modest beginning of just creating an ebook and having the great success from it, and then turning around and just sharing that knowledge and that passion with with others, you know, that's that's what we're about. And, you know, we we were just so happy that you were like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll come on. Yeah, I, I love to share this stuff and, and inspire and, and help people and, and share my story. And I, I'm I can't believe we haven't hooked up and talked about earlier. I mean, I need to get, I need to have you guys on my show. You guys are perfect. We're new to this. This is new to us. So it, we, this is uh, <laughs> we've uh, you know it, it's sort of like you that we've made we've been making a living doing other things other than talking about how we're making a living. But it just got to this point where you know what with all these people that are around us and our friends and family are looking at us going, how do you guys do what you do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, it's actually not rocket science. You know, there's just, it, this is, it's one of those things where the, the information it, it's hard to get like how, I don't know. There's just too it, many barriers to too many. Uh, what were we going to say? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, there's, there's a ton of information out there. It could be hard to filter through all the weeds and stuff. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, that's why I like listening to people like you guys who just tell the truth and, and make it real. Okay, so you talked about these other revenue uh, income streams that you have going on, which is, I mm-hmm. think, just wildly awesome. Up to this point, your ebook has been your main revenue plus your affiliates. Is that right? Or have For, you actually launched software and iPhone apps and stuff like that yet? Or is that coming? Uh, I have about 27 iPhone apps live in iTunes right now. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, I mean... that. So there, some of them are hit or miss. You know, some of them are doing really well. Some of them are picking up slack for the other ones. Some of them are complete failures. But it's all about experimentation, getting it out there. And what's nice about iPhone apps is, you know, I I don't even develop them. We, my partner and I, in in our iPhone app business, we outsource. We just come up with ideas, go to a developer that we've uh, worked with, and and he just creates it for us. And then we put it in iTunes, and it starts to generate income. And we have paid apps, we have free apps um, that are making money through ad revenue, which are doing quite well as well. And uh, yeah, so that's the iPhone app stuff. So oh, uh, and on the uh, before you head on, because uh, I'm actually very interested in that part of your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing to market those those apps? Because it's getting really crowded out there, right? It's getting very crowded. And and when people come to me and say, and I'm just going to be honest here, when people say I, I want to get into this business, I'm gonna I tell them it's going to be really tough. You have to have some brilliant ideas, and you have to get a little lucky to get some exposure on there. There's just so many people trying to do the same thing. And I, and my partner and I were lucky enough to get into it a couple of years ago when it was still maybe, you know, less than a hundred thousand apps in the app store. Now I don't even know how many there are now, maybe 300 to 500,000 apps, but, uh, we got our foot in the door fairly early. We wish I had done it sooner. Um, and you know, we, uh, one of the, one thing we do is all of our applications have a more apps page. So when we come out with new apps, we put that on the more apps page, and people who have our old applications can immediately see which new apps we come out uh, we come out with, which helps place us in those uh, top hundred lists or whatever. Which is the probably the most important thing you can do if you're developing apps uh, 
uh, you know, for an income, you try to get on those top lists because that's where people will find you. If, if it's really easy just to create one, even if it's the best app in the world to just, you know, have it, have it get lost in the crowd. So are you doing business related or oh, no, a consumer no. or just fun type apps? These are all fun type apps. I mean, this was just an experiment. My buddy and I, one day, you know, we heard about the iFart story. Right. From Joe yeah, he just made a killing off a farting application. We're like, gosh, okay, we can come up with ideas uh, sort of like this. Uh, <laughs> no, we can we can fart louder than he can. Or whatever. I mean, um, sorry, uh, but uh, so our, our our this was just like a fun thing we wanted to do on the side too. You know, uh, so it's totally unrelated to smart passive income and and my existing businesses. Uh, so, for instance, we have one app. Our probably our most successful application actually is a free application. It's called Traffic Light Changer, and all it is like this might sound crazy. All it is is a button that's supposed to uh, make it seem like you can point it to a stoplight, and it'll change it from red to green. And there's like a little animation that goes on. It uh, goes on when you push the button, and that's it. So the it's like a joke app because you can. You can time it, and, and you know half the time you'll it'll actually work. Uh, and that you know that one literally gets four or five thousand downloads a day. Uh, it's making you know it, it runs ads on it, and it's making maybe around a hundred dollars a day off of advertisements. Wow. Um, so I mean, just little things like that. We have another one that you know you take a picture of you and your friend or spouse. And it kind of merges the photos together in a really comical way to create your baby. Um, you know, just silly stuff like that. It's, it's just, this is, the, the, our iPhone apps is just our creative outlet <laughs> that uh, we were just having fun with. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. And another thing that's awesome is you're the first person to use the word fart on our show. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go. No, you're fu- That's absolutely fine. Question for you about yes. your, okay. So one of the things that we've talked about on our show previously is the importance of getting into niches. And I know you have a niche site duel that you're doing mm-hmm. right now. And for our audience who doesn't know about that, I think it's just a awesomely entertaining and educational thing. Can you talk about that? Yeah, this is really cool. I mean, uh, my buddy Tyrone from tyronechum.com, he's uh, been a friend of mine online for a while. He just came on my Facebook page one day and was like, "Hey Pat, uh, uh, do you do niche sites?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "I don't either. You wanna you wanna do them together?" He's like, "Okay." And then he's like, "Okay, well, I challenge you to a duel. I'm gonna let's both create niche sites from scratch. We'll both select a niche. We'll build our websites and see who can rank the highest in Google and make the most money. And we're gonna report everything to our audiences." Um, Really, the primary reason why we wanted to do this was because we wanted to learn. And the best way to learn that we both know is just from experiencing things and taking action and doing things. So this was a way to hold each other accountable in that, in that fashion. But at the same time, uh, and kind of, a, kind of just a consequence from all this, a, great, a good consequence is the fact that we're reporting every single step along the way from how we select the niches that we selected how we build our websites, how we optimize them for Google, how we're writing content, how we're building backlinks, how we're keeping track of our ranks, how we're monetizing it. And just so many people are following this duel. And, you know, there's actually, we've opened it up. Uh, we o- Sorry, we've opened up the challenge to anyone else who wants to participate. And, and there's uh, one thing that you have to reveal your niche uh, in order to participate. And, and, and there's a place 
uh, there's a hub on my blog, which you can go to at uh, nichesiteduel.com, where all everybody's participating is writing down every single step along the way. So we can all learn from each other, all figure out the kind of strategies that are involved with selecting a niche, monetizing a niche site, and, and climbing the ranks of Google. And recently, uh, just in mid-November, both Tyrone and I have both reached number one in Google for the niche sites that we selected and we were both making money from our sites i think in november i made three hundred dollars off of uh, adsense you know I'm, I'm incorporating other monetization strategies now but uh just you know i know that from experience adsense is a great way to just get your foot in the pool and start making money uh and and so you know to see three hundred dollars in, in two and a half months is pretty pretty good have you have you started seeing any knockoffs coming out no, no, not at all. And and you know that's a lot of people were worried about that. A lot of people were like, "Dude, Pat, like you're you're revealing everything. Why can't well, you know what's stopping me from doing it?" And I'm like, "Nothing." But you know, they don't do anything. They don't do it. So yeah, I mean, uh, do you know if, uh, you've heard? Have you heard of Frank Kern and Ed Dale? Yes. Oh yeah, they they used to do the uh, underachiever uh, program where they were teaching people how to get into niches. And that was one of the things they said, don't ever reveal it. Cause once we've done it on stage, we've always had people come in and just knock off our stuff. And we would go from say, uh, you know, a really small niche where we're making a thousand, 2000 a month and all of us, and then it just drops down to 500, 300. And eventually it just kind of goes away because yeah. uh, all these people see, Oh, you know, Frank's doing it. So therefore you know, I'll get into that exact same thing. So yeah, I, was, I was just curious. That's a reasonable, I mean, that's a very valid, uh, concern. And, and, you know, I, I have since started, uh, two, no, three other niche sites, um, Two, which are ranking on the first page of Google now already using the same strategies, but I'm not revealing these. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to reveal everything. But we we did consciously, you know, Tyrone and I sat down and said, okay, we're going to make the conscious decision, decision to reveal everything. Um, and if people happen to come along and copy us, then that's fine. Then we'll know not to reveal it anymore. But, um, you know, so far so good for both of our, our niches. And, and I think we've taught a lot of people along the way how this kind of how the the whole niche site thing works, and you know, just a few months ago, I didn't know anything about how this worked, and now I you know people are coming to me asking me questions about it, which is cool. it's it's great content, and I recommend anyone listening to go. Do uh, you, you set up a site, a niche site duel, right? Yeah, niche site duel dot com. Yeah, so and it's dual as in uh, I challenge you to yeah, a duel, D U E L. So yep. Okay, so now I think a lot of our audience members would most likely be sort of pursuing a similar path where they're going to pick a niche and develop a website and do some blogging. Mm -hmm. And I, I imagine even a lot of them would end up starting with their first products being, you know, maybe Google AdSense first and then an ebook. So it's very similar to what you've done and are doing. Right. What, uh, you know, I, I guess I don't want to turn the whole discussion into something that's about just tips for building a niche site because we really want to explore some of the other stuff that you're doing too and that you've mm -hmm. learned. But can you give our audience some maybe some some real nuggets for, you know, things that you've learned about building a niche site from scratch that would be useful for them? Sure, absolutely. I mean, starting from the beginning, uh, keyword research is probably the most important thing. Everything that happens based off the keyword you choose and the niche that you select. And you want to get into a niche if you're doing this uh, to try to make an income uh, eventually. Um, to You want to pick a niche that has uh, – you want to pick keywords – that have a relatively low strength of competition, but a relatively high number of searches. And it's kind of like uh, the, the guys from Market Samurai, which is a product that I use for keyword research. They have this really great analogy where it's kind of like, uh, you know, panning for gold. 
So you just select a whole bunch of keywords, you put them in this little pan, you shake it around and see kind of which, you know, you run, you run, you, you number crunch on each of those keywords that you select, whether it's things that you're interested in, you know, passions, fears, or problems that you've had, which, uh, which are really helpful because that'll make sure that you do have the drive to continue to write content about those things. You know, I, I've selected things to, to create niche sites about and blogs about that did not interest, interest me at all that, you know, fit the criteria of a very profitable niche but you know i just didn't have the passion for it uh and, and those just died even though they were potentially money makers and and that's another tip for you is just you know make sure it's something that you can envision yourself uh writing about later on or you know if if someone asked if someone uh contacted you from your website and asked you a question would you be comfortable answering it or researching to find the answer to it like i wouldn't start a website on you know macrame and you know, if, uh, knitting and stuff. I, uh, if someone asked me a question about that, I wouldn't even know. Uh, you know, I wouldn't really have any interest in that type of stuff. So I think that's really important. But going back to keyword research, sorry. Um, so a relatively high number of searches and relatively no, low uh, strength of competition. And by that I mean the you know you you really your goal here is to get on the first page of Google um, if you're if you're doing the niche site uh, route uh, because that's where all the traffic is. Um, uh, so that that's that's your goal. So you're going to look at your competition on your front page, and that's that that means checking out how uh, uh, checking out their strength, uh, which means checking out their um, gosh uh, their domain age, the number of backlinks going to their site, the strength of their backlinks, um, the number of indexed cached pages, the their on-site SEO optimization, and and all those types of things. It's it's really you know, it sounds easy. Okay, pick a niche and, and build the blog, but there's a lot to it. Uh, and, and, you know, most of the information about how to do it is, is you can get for free on, online or you, you can even just follow the methods going on at nichesitedual.com, uh, which, which, uh, which should be helpful. Um, moving on to, uh, let's see. What, let me, actually, you know what? Let me pause you here for a second because okay. when you start listing, listing off all these different things you have to know about keywords, I imagine what somebody who's listening will think in their head is, wow, this sounds like it's really time-consuming. And you know, here I am, I'm working a corporate job, whatever, yeah, full-time. Yeah. What kind of time did you put into starting this up? Like, you know, your t- how much time did you spend picking keywords? Uh, I spent about four hours doing research, um, just selecting keywords and uh, topics of interest and seeing mm-hmm. how you know, strong the competition was and, and how possible it would be to get on that first page of Google. And I went through some that you know, didn't have the numbers that I wanted, and I eventually landed on one which seemed really good, which was security guard training, uh, which does interest me. My mom is a security guard, so that's why I, I selected that topic. And you know, like I said, I got to the number one spot in Google because it was a keyword that had room for someone like me. Uh, uh, but you know, I uh, four hours to select the site uh, to select the niche. Um, another f- four hours to build the site. And um, I know that's that's relatively fast um, for someone who's a beginner. It might take a little bit longer because I, I've had you know obviously experience with WordPress and stuff. But you know, WordPress makes things a lot faster. You can set up a blog um, just you know in literally a one, one click of a button after you get hosting somewhere. And uh, so so setting up the site, picking a theme. And uh, that so that was like eight hours just to get to the point where I could start to create content. And then every day for about an hour, I would write content and then uh, build backlinks to the site. So in total, I spent about 60 hours from start to finish before I got to the first page of Google. So that's oh. not really that much time. 
No, it's not. It. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, an hour a day for two months, actually eight yeah. hours up front and then another 52 days of an hour a day. Are you still actually writing content for that site now? Um, I'm not writing as much as I used to now that I'm on the number one spot, but I will be adding more content because it's kind of turning now into a, an authority site that actually people are coming to to look for help for security guard training, which is the point, which is what I want them to do. And instead of uh, making money through AdSense, which, you know, they come to your site, they click on the ad, and then they leave your site. Now I'm going to get them to stay on the site, and I'm going to have like affiliate products and, and maybe even my own product uh, eventually later on uh, that will keep people in on the site and in, in, in the brand. Yeah, one of the things that I'm I'm interested in knowing about you've, you're doing like all sorts of stuff. You, you've got great content on smart passive income that looks like it's taken you, you know, years to like make a single blog post because they're so detailed and, and everything. Uh, and you've, and you've got, uh, apps that are being built and you're doing all these different things and we know you're not a machine. Well, I think you're not right. So, so how do you get it all done? Um, really it's just, it's just a, a lot of time management, skills i guess you know stuff that i've learned along the way and 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 make make sure you stay focused like i know it's really hard to stay focused sometimes especially with all the distractions out there like twitter and facebook which you know can be helpful for business but also can be a time suck uh you know and the nice thing about the businesses that i'm doing is it's just like a one-time setup and then it's it's running on autopilot and then i can work on something else that's probably why you know I, i have the illusion that i'm working on hundreds of different things at the same time when really things are working on their own at the same time. And then I can, you know, put my foot in another pool or, or improve something that's already existing or, or work on another iPhone app or something like that. And again, you know, I try to keep myself out of the business as much as possible. The blog is probably what takes the most time for me, the Smart Passive Income blog. But again, it doesn't even really feel like work because it's stuff I really enjoy talking about. And I do spend a lot of time writing those blog posts that that's honestly what takes up most of the time like in the time that i spend to write a a blog post i could create another iphone app you know but uh for example or or write uh create another niche site you know uh, for example i wrote a blog post a couple weeks ago called the backlinking strategy that works which is a uh the strategy that i used uh in to get my niche site to number one in google and i literally spent i think it was nine hours on that one blog post uh, and, and, you know, I don't do that every three, I, I have a blog post that comes out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I, tr- I try to stick to that schedule, but I don't spend nine hours for each post, but every once in a while I'll throw in that nine hour post, uh, which acts as a pillar article. That's the term that bloggers use for those types of articles, those articles that will withstand, uh, the length of time, uh, the, the, they're just, you know, they're evergreen articles right. that pe- people will go to, people will share with their friends and their friends will share with their friends. Um, and it just drive a whole bunch of traffic and, and it'll pro- kind of almost be like a flagship type product or, or blog post um, that you might get known for. I have a few of those on my site. I also wrote one called The Blogger's Guide to Facebook, uh, which uh, I wrote almost a year ago, I think. And, and that has been driving a lot of traffic. I created YouTube videos for that. Those YouTube videos are getting you know tens of thousands of views uh, as well. And it's just uh, it's just. I find that strategy, you know, providing super awesome free content um, to the max every once in a while just just really skyrockets your business or your blog. 
Yeah, that's what we tell our audience is, you know, make sure that you're building, you know, this great content, because that's only the things that are going to get passed around. Nobody's mm-hmm. really interested in, you know, your, your three or four sentence post that, right. you know, uh, which we do with our, our podcast. We, we don't actually write too much there, but our, the content we're giving away is the actual podcast. Right, right. So. Um, unless you're Seth Godin, then you can write you know, right. two sentence <laughs> blog posts and that get shared 500,000 times. Yeah, but those two sentences. Oh, oh I know. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. So speaking of podcasts, can you tell us a little bit about how you're using podcasts and YouTube and your other outlets too as part of your business? Sure. Well, it was all, it's all about brand expansion. You know, I had a blog for a while and just a blog and, and I had reached a plateau of just the same amount of traffic, same people coming over, leaving comments, which is great. I love those people that, that keep coming by. But uh, when you reach a plateau like that, you kind of have to take a bold move. You have to take kind of, you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone, do something to reach a different audience. So that's when I, first thing I did was I, I went to YouTube and I started doing a lot of YouTube videos. And that's where I gained my experience with being behind a microphone, doing screen, uh, screencasts with Camtasia and ScreenFlow and, and showing people how I do things uh, with video. And it's great because a lot of people love to read and some people hate to read and they love to watch videos. And then from there, kind of just naturally progressed to doing a podcast. I've always wanted to do podcasts. Uh, podcasts are what inspired me to get into this business in the first place. And, um, uh, and you know, people enjoy listening on their car rides or at the gym or something, which, you know, people can't really do with video or, or read a blog post while they're on the treadmill. Uh, and, and, uh, it's just been amazing. The, the, you know, I, I, I wish I had started earlier because it's such an amazing, uh, tool in your business. I mean, I've reached so many people that I would have never reached before. I'm seeing tons of traffic come in from iTunes, um, you know, and I, I have these specific URLs that I created that I only announce on my podcast just to, so I can gauge and track how many people are coming over. And people are flooding over from the podcast. And I get emails every day from people saying, hey, I found you on iTunes or, you know, I was lucky enough to be on the new and noteworthy section. And, and uh, for a time when I was on the new and noteworthy section, I was also the number four business podcast overall on iTunes. And I was right there next to Susie Orman and Jim Cramer and, and uh, um, uh, Dave Ramsey. And it was just amazing. So people found me through there too. And uh, just, I think there's something to be said with listening to a voice and being able to connect with a person through their voice uh, that can't be done, you know, through text on a, on a computer screen. That's how, by the way, I found your show. That's how I came across your podcast was from the new and noteworthy (laughs) section, because when we launched our show, yours and our show were the two that were up there in the new and noteworthy section. I remember that. Yeah. I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, that's an interesting title for a show. Which, you know, that was awesome. I don't know how many people look at Foolish Adventure and go, oh, that sounds like it would be really compelling. Nobody. Right, so right. we got some I work like to it. do. We got some work to do. <laughs> so. No, I like it. And I, I, I think I, I can go into my file. I took screenshots when I was in the new Noteworthy section just for my records. And I think I remember seeing your guys' icon right next to mine. I think I have those screenshots. Yeah, back when we were just getting started and didn't even have... We didn't even have a real icon at that time. Yeah. It was a joke one that I put together in like five minutes. And I'm not a designer. <laughs> Whoops. But well, That's good, though. I mean, in order to get on the new noteworthy section, you have to have... Uh, apparently, you have to have decent artwork. So good job in that five minutes. <laughs> Maybe it was longer than five minutes. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Moving on. Okay, so, um, okay, let's see. I lost my train of thought. Help me out, Tim. Okay. I, uh, one of the things you, you're very transparent on your, on your site. Uh, you you talk a lot about how you're making money, where it's coming from, and even the amounts. And, and what, what has that actually done for your business? Uh, we've, we've kind of held back on actually sharing those numbers unless it's something that's already publicly available. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you've, you've done a lot where you just said, Hey, you know, here's everything, even uh, warts and all, uh, what's that, what's that done for you? Oh, it's been, it's been amazing. And it's, you know, I do that for a couple of reasons. One is to hold myself accountable for where I am in my business and see that so I could see the numbers. And so I can uh, keep driving to improve those numbers. And obviously, I don't have to publicly display those in order for that to happen. But um, another reason I publicly display those numbers is because people are just so interested in the numbers. And that's something that no one else really talks about. People have this idea that it's taboo to share how much they're making. You know, I remember when I was working my nine to five job, I would ask my buddy and he would just kind of beat around the bush the whole time about how much, uh, how much he made. And it's just kind of, it's really odd to me that, you know, I, I don't know why there has to be this hidden thing going on with, with how much we make. And, and, uh, you know, so that helps me stand out from the crowd because no one else is doing that, but also it inspires because people actually see these real numbers. You know, it's, it's proof. I mean, I know I could make up the numbers if I wanted to, but you know, it's, it's all real, but, uh, it's proof that what I'm doing, uh, and what I'm, what I'm teaching on the blog is actually working in it. And, and I don't just talk about, making money. I talk about the things that I'm doing that I could do better, that, uh, things that are happening that made my money not be as much as it was last month, for example. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything there, there, there has, there's been no bad things that ever came about as far as, uh, being transparent with, with my numbers and where everything came from. Uh, and, and again, it really helps me stand out from the crowd, which I think is the been the biggest thing it's helped definitely you know i i uh google analytics has this new thing called um in blog analytics or in in site analytics where it shows you actually how many people are clicking uh with a with a little quote bubble uh how many with a percentage of people clicking on different um places on your website and my income reports are the number one clicked spot on my website in my navigation area i think of the visitors that come in almost you know, 7% of people click on that um, right when they land on the homepage. So it that just shows you that people are interested in the numbers. I think probably the fact that it is generally taboo to talk about that and the fact that you are talking about that makes it even more enticing. It's sort of like people have a chance to, I don't know, sort of sneak in on sne- my, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. There's a little bit of that, which is why I'm going to start publicly blogging about my sex life, Tim. So <laughs> it'll be inspiring. Oh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> you can do a podcast. <laughs> it'll be on iTunes and it'll be highly explicit. All right. So Video. what's your average day like? Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what your day is like? Sure. Yeah. My day, ever since my son was born, uh, almost a year ago, actually, the days have been kind of crazy. Uh, cause our, our life, you know, I, I work from home. My mom, uh, not my mom, sorry. My wife. <laughs> Freudian slip there. <laughs> Literally Freudian. You're going to edit that out right now. Um, my wife, gosh, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, my wife, uh, she's a stay-at-home mom too. And, and honestly, she has a harder job than I do. She, 
uh, takes care of my son mostly. But I, I mean, I'm here for support as well. And our lives kind of revolve around him right now. And he's a pretty crazy kid. I mean, he was he's so active. He doesn't stop moving. And, and even when we go to our Jimboree classes, everyone says how how fast he is when he crawls. And, and, and uh, so he, he's definitely hard to take care of. And, and we see our friends with their babies and they're just sitting there sucking on their thumbs. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, you guys are so lucky. But no, we, we love our son. And uh, he's kind of uh, he's making our schedules kind of different. But lately he's been better. So my, my daily schedule is kind of like I wake up in the morning around 730. Um, I take care of him. I, I feed him breakfast. I play with him until noon. Uh, that's when my wife comes in and she feeds him lunch and I, I cook lunch for my wife and I, and then I go and work. So I work from usually between one and five, uh, PM. And then we have dinner, we sit and play with our son and, and put him to bed. And then at night, you know, we'll watch, you know, dancing with the stars or something. And then we'll, uh, I'll work for another two hours to catch up on stuff if I need to. Um, so I'm maybe working four to six hours a day. What's nice is what, uh, because it's passive income, because I don't have to be involved in the businesses in order for me to make money, I can, you know, the schedule is really flexible. So hours will change based on my son's, you know, attitude that day or whatever. And excuse me, um, we can just literally, I mean, just the other week we were like, hey, let's, it's a nice day out. Let's go to SeaWorld. So we just, you know, got up, packed the car and went to SeaWorld and, you know, I worked a little bit at night uh, that day. So uh, that's pretty much a typical day. It all revolves around the family. Family is my number one priority. You know, I'm not in this to, to you know, drive Ferraris and, and have a huge mansion or anything. It's I just am doing this business the way I am because I want to provide security for my family and, and have that freedom to be there to watch him uh, through all his, the, to watch my son through all of his firsts, which I've been very fortunate enough to, to have. Yeah, it's much better than sitting at a desk and drawing lavatories all day. No, which I have done. <laughs> yeah, I studied architecture uh, in college. So, and and that's what kept me from, you know, going into the field was, you know, I couldn't just sit around, you know, drawing toilets all day uh to uh before I could actually progress in in the field. Mm-hmm. And and then wait for till my you know late 50s before I do my best work, like right. all the great great architects out there. Um, yeah, and we're, we're really big on, on family. That's, that's, uh, how we've structured our lives is mm-hmm. to be able to spend time with family, do the things that we want and, and really control the types of clients and, and work that, that we do. Uh, and right. that, that's, that's our focus. Yeah. Right? I, I love being able to control the, the how I want to spend my time and, and even my income. You know, if I wanted to make more, I could do another project, you know, and if I was working a nine to five, you know, the only two ways to make more money when working a nine to five is to work more hours, you know, with overtime or, you know, get a raise, which happens what once a year. So, and, and it's very small. Whereas in, in what we're doing, if you want to make more money, well, create a new product, you know, yep. get a bigger, uh, build your audience and, and then make you a can new, uh, make a new niche site. If you right. Want. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I, as an avid listener of your podcast, I know one of the last questions that you ask all of your interviewees is what's working for you right now, which I think is a great question. And this is probably the only time I'll ever be able to use that question because the originator is on the show with us. I will feel free so, to use it as much as you Yeah, so, so my question for you is what's working for you right now, Pat? Um, Gosh, uh, you know, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm going to, 
step out of the box and say something a little bit different than what most people would probably say. What's working for me right now is taking care of myself uh, health-wise, my fitness. That has been changing my life as far as um, the energy I have, which I can use to uh, improve my businesses, to create new businesses. It helps when I spend time with my family. I don't get tired. I don't get bogged down. I just feel happier. I feel better because of the fitness that I've been doing lately. Yeah, you, go out, you can bring it now, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those P90X reference. Right <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been doing P90X. A friend of mine got me into it. Uh, just really changes you physically and, and all the stuff you're able to do afterwards. You know, sitting at a desk isn't as bad after you've been able to do all that exercise. Uh, absolutely. And, and oh man, it's just my, my energy levels have been through the roof. And that's, you know, you, you were talking about earlier, how am I able to get all this stuff done. Um, that's part of the reasons because of my fitness, I think. Excellent. I love it. I think, uh, I think this is actually a good place to, to end the interview part portion of this. A lot of really good insights in there, Tim and uh, Pat, thank you so much for being on You're the welcome. show with us. Very yeah, much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. It's great having you on. And so for now, uh, as a listener, hopefully you got some great information out of this. I know I did. I took a, I jot down several notes here and there's going to be, I don't really follow blogs, but I'm going to start following yours. I, it's one of those things oh, in, an, in an average week, I probably read on average, maybe zero blog posts per week. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really read blog posts, but, but, uh, I listen to your podcast every week and it only makes sense that I read these articles and I can't wait to go click on that income report, which I've never seen. So yeah, <laughs> it's check be it out. Fun. all right. Very nice. So. All right. Well, uh, I think we'll go ahead and end this. And Pat, enjoy your foolish adventure. Thanks for listening to Foolish Adventure. If you found this information helpful and want more like it, please visit foolishadventure.com. Do you have specific questions you'd like us to answer? Leave a comment on the website. Who knows? Maybe we'll create a whole show to answer it. Also, we have a voicemail line where you can ask questions. The number is 480 331 4695. 